Welcome into the last part, part four of our After Row series, our hashtag After Row series. We've talked about what the Dobbs case said, what the decision from the Supreme Court was, and how it affects you here in South Carolina. Attorney General Alan Wilson joined us in part two to discuss the legal and constitutional ramifications across the state and the nation. That was a very insightful interview. And in part three of our series, not only do we talk about the recent election here in South Carolina, but we also covered the left's unhinged responses to the SCOTUS decision and how, in fact, they should support the SCOTUS decision even if they support abortion. But all of that kind of goes by the wayside if we don't have this part four. Welcome in to the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. I'm Justin Hall. Mitch Prosser is to my left. This episode, Mitch, I'm kind of going to just be lobbing questions towards you today because I think we've We've talked about all of this, but again, the premise of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, why you listen to this podcast, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast, we have surpassed on the audio version over 10,000 listens um, just in the last couple of months. So thank you so much for supporting the work that we're doing and getting involved and sharing the work that we're doing. And if you're watching us, we're sorry. We can't help this. Right. It's just the way it is. If you're watching us, it's just because you want to see how stupid I look when I start talking stupid things. Um... But, but thank you. But the reason you watch this, the reason you listen to this is because we are trying to what? Shape the Palmetto State from a biblical worldview. So in order to do that, we have to approach every situation from a biblical worldview. And I think it's very obvious the way to do that from this issue, on this issue of abortion and on this issue of pro-life legislation, Mitch. Um, it's very easy to argue the biblical standpoint and the biblical reasoning for being pro-life. Now, we'll get into this a little bit later, but there are certainly two schools of thought, even within the church, about how to address this issue, whether to champion it, whether to celebrate it, or whether to take a back seat on it. We'll get into that in a second. But I think the first question that most people are asking, how do we marry this idea of grace but also being winsome and loving to the women, as we've talked about, no woman, no young girl contemplates an abortion if they're not in a moment of crisis. So how can the church, how can the Christian who is watching this right now or listening to our voices marry this idea of grace and truth with being winsome and loving to those who are in crisis. I I think that's a great question. I think that's a question many of you have been asking, whether you've asked it out loud or you've been thinking through that idea since last Friday. And what I I think I need to start with, what happened last Friday is monumental. It is, I mean, it is one of those decisions. We were talking just the other night with a group of our uh, One Message partners across the state here in Columbia. And We, many of us, especially, uh, well, actually just everybody in the room, Mm -hmm. everybody in the room just talked about how this was one of those decisions that we didn't know if we, I thought maybe my kids would see it. I don't know that I ever truly believed that I would see it. And all the people that were slightly older than me in the room also agreed. We weren't quite sure. And so I think it's important for us to stop and take a moment and enjoy and celebrate this. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that as we go through this podcast. But at the very same time, for us to also look into what happens next. So there's this correlation between, okay, let's stop and let's think about it for a moment and let's celebrate it and let's praise God because none of this happens without Him. And I think people 
who are fighting for this need to understand that we fight from victory, not for victory. And so every battle that we win is God's victory and not our own. He just uses us to effectuate his purposes and his end here on this earth. So as we walk through all that, the next question becomes, how do we reach those around us, not just uh, the people in our families who are struggling with this and just the decision itself? And we've talked about this on previous podcasts about the misunderstanding surrounding the ruling that came down last uh, Friday. Uh, There were actually two different rulings, one on Roe and then the other on Dobbs and Casey. And we talked about that in our first and second podcast uh, with with our team and then with uh, Attorney General Wilson. I encourage you, if you haven't listened to those, go back, uh, pause here, go back and listen, then come Mm -hmm. come back and pick this up. But I think it's important for us also to look at what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's one of our mottos here at Palmetto Family. We talk about being that cultural guardrail, ensuring that the forces of evil don't drive everything that you and I care about off of the cliff. But where that really ends is the reflectors on the guardrail and ensuring that the guardrails are noticed. So as we talk through that, we need to make sure that as the body of Christ, as believers in a risen Savior that provides hope to the world around us, not just to us, but through us to them, I think it's important for us to understand that we serve a vital role in this, truly ministering to those around us, those that are struggling with whether or not to have an abortion, that mother right now, that female, and I will say that she is a mother, she is a female, she's not a birthing person, and that's a whole different issue for another day and another podcast. We've covered that some. For that mother right now, whether she's 13, 23, 33, 43, and she's struggling with the idea of whether or not to have this abortion, I think we need to be speaking truth to her, but also grace at the very same time. The church needs to wrap its arms of support around her. If she doesn't have the means to take care of this child, if, she, if this child is 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 uh, the product of uh, a rape or incest or, or anything like that, we believe that she needs to keep that child because she needs to carry that baby to term. And, and the, how does she do that? Well, the church needs to wrap its arms around her. And so there's this idea of truth Yes, abortion is the termination of a human life. It is a, a it, there is a baby in there. Mm-hmm. It's not just a clump of cells. It's not uh, just vestigial tissue. It's not just it, whatever. It's a baby. It's a human. It's yep. a life. But the way we do that matters. Absolutely Certainly. matters. And so. We can't just say we're pro-life, you know, because that's one of the less talking points is, well, all of you just say you're pro-life. You're not really pro-life, you're You're pro-birth. That's nonsense. We're pro-life from conception to natural death. Some would say womb to the tomb and at every stage in between. That's what, and and we're going to talk about some of that as we walk through this. The way we do that matters. How we do that matters. We must, and, 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 There is no equivocation. There is no backing down on this. As much as we speak the truth, we must be the hands and feet of Jesus, serving not only truth, but grace in a way that people will come to the knowledge of a Savior. They must be told that what they're doing is wrong. They must be told the truth, but they must be told in a way that draws the Holy Spirit inside of us, speaks through us in a way that challenges them. And we can't convict anybody, but the Holy Spirit in them, pricking them, convicts them their need for a Savior. 
That's true. And what's interesting about this is, and I just thought about this, um, the Wednesday before the decision, so two days before the decision, I'm actually filling in on a Wednesday night for my mm-hmm. father-in-law who was out of town. And, and I just talked with everyone that night about why does doing good matter so much, right? right? And we looked at Titus 2, 11 through 14, and a little bit of 15. And at the end of that, I said, you know, we might get a decision on on Dobbs this week. We don't know. It's it's, it's got to be coming soon. Right. And, and and all of this matters so much. I just want to read. And, and so we need to take Titus 2, 11 through 14 and really marinate on that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. When he says, when the writer says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying godliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. This next part is key, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Now, there are a couple of different ways to look at this. Um, Albert Moeller, who, who does the briefing, opened up his special edition on Friday afternoon, with uh, the psalm that this is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. That can be said about every day, but certainly I think that is the that is the psalm that comes to mind when we look back on Friday, June the 24th, yeah. 2022. We'll remember that day. And um, But beyond that, and I've been listening to, obviously I've been listening to several podcasts, not just this one, right? right. And I hope you're well-rounded in what you're listening to. Yeah. Uh, but if you listen to folks like Allie Beth Stuckey and others who have been she's, talking. She's great. She's she's consistently great. And her discussions on the pro-life movement, specifically post-Roe, have been fantastic. And I encourage yeah. you to listen to her. Um, she does the real, uh, uh, free plug, Relatable with Allie Beth Stuckey. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, you're welcome, Allie Beth. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> She talks about the pro-life pregnancy centers and knowing what the pregnancy centers do, knowing what, listen, we've had Mark Baumgartner on here with a moment of hope. Yeah. Um, we are partners with the crisis pregnancy centers across, across the, the state. state. We know what they're doing. There, there are, and I'm going to maybe steal a bit of Allie Beth's line, but there are Christian women and men who have poured their heart and soul into these women not just to save the child, and while that's important, absolutely, not just to save the child, but to save the souls of people. Yeah. And when we, when we've talked to recent people to people in recent weeks, it's been mentioned that saving these children it swings wide the gates of heaven. It swings yeah. wide the gates of eternity for these people, and. We are called to do good works. Mitch, you're talking about putting your pro-life view into action, right? Right. And, and, and just the points that I brought up, that when you do good, this idea of doing good, that doing good is not apart from Christianity. It reveals God's passion for people. Absolutely. I, I was going to use uh, Galatians 6.10, which mm-hmm. Allie Beth talked about yep. uh, yesterday, and it, she's talked about it a few times, and, and it's a verse that I've preached, I've taught on so many times. Yep. Galatians 6.10, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Yep. But especially and brother. especially to those who are of the household of faith. Yep. So there, there's kind of like this bullseye, target, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we want to hit the mark, and the mark is doing good to those of the household of faith. But if you hit the board, you're doing good to everyone. Right. And that's exciting. It's encouraging. I tell you what, I think it's important for us as believers to make sure that we're doing good. What does it mean to do good, to effectuate God's purposes on this earth? Not just his justice, his mm-hmm. his his righteousness, and that is that's extremely important. important. Yep. And it's, it, you know, that has its rightful place. Just, it, justice matters, but at the same time, his benevolence, well, his 
goodness yeah. and his grace toward those who need to repent. Well, justice will also be served in the last days. We know that. Certainly. If you read the book, that is, that is the book of Revelation is the outpouring of God's wrath from his love and from his justice, the outpouring of his wrath on a people who have denied him and who have rejected him. Sure. But doing good reveals purpose. Everyone wants to ask, what is my purpose in life? What what does God want me to do? And I think it's very simple. Ephesians 2.10. We're the workmanship of Christ. We're created unto good works. Yeah, that's right. That, that's, that's, our, that's our purpose. We are called to do good. Like the creator of the universe has called you to a good work. And specifically, and I said this that Wednesday night, he has placed you and I. We were alive on June the 24th, 2022, and the subsequent days after for a reason. And that reason is to, one, preach the good news, preach the gospel. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 1 that this gospel is, I'm not here to baptize people. I'm just here to teach the, preach the gospel. That's my job. And you're called to do that. And in, a, in, in some way, shape, or form, you're not called to save people. That's right. You're not called to inflict the justice and the wrath of God on people. You are not the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. You are not an instrument of his wrath. So, you are called to do good works. You are called to, at, at the bare minimum, plant the seed mm. by doing a good work. You might not even mention the name of Jesus. You might not even mention God. Yeah. But you do a good work in faith, knowing that I'm going to do the good work, and God will bring the increase. And I think that's absolutely evident when we talk about young women. Yeah. Women, young women and girls who are in periods of intense crisis and confusion and pressure. The number of people that I've heard about that are going to Planned Parenthood right down the street. Right. Who you can tell don't want to be there. But either the boyfriend, the husband, the father, the mother, the grandparent, the aunt, the uncle are forcing them there because they also feel like now they're going to have to take care of a child. And at this, at the risk of being a little too preachy, uh, I'll say this. Even for that woman who is bold mm-hmm. in her conviction to get an abortion, yep. even for her, I, I, I'll just say this. I was, the, I'm, I was a preacher. I was the son of a preacher. I grew up in a pastor's household, but I was a dirty, rotten, low-down sinner. Mm-hmm. And God reached down and, and convicted me through the power of his Holy Spirit and, and saved me. He can save even the boldest of sinners. He can save, if he can save Paul, he can save you. Correct. And I think it's important for us to understand that any person— who will be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and be convicted by Him can be saved. It's you know, there's this notion that the women that are going in for an abortion, and, and I don't know that anybody would be so bold as to say this, but sometimes I, I almost feel like it's the unspoken elephant in the room. The the women that are so bold as to go in and vociferously have an abortion, they're irredeemable. They're, they're unredeemable. They just can't be saved. Nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no way, shape, or form. If the Holy Spirit is powerful, and we believe that you can't put God in a box, if God is powerful enough to save Paul and me and Justin and you, then he's strong enough, powerful enough, mighty enough to save, yes, even that young lady who goes in and boldly says, I'm going to have this abortion. I'll say this. As we move toward the idea of rolling our sleeves up and doing what's next, you know, we celebrated. It's great. And and by the way, I'll just say this now as we make this segue into celebration to action. Mm-hmm. When you celebrate this, people won't like it. Correct. They don't. So on both sides, there will be those that say yep. you haven't done enough. Yep. Uh, and there will be those that say you've done too much. Mm-hmm. 
when you go to work, when you when you stand in front of an abortion clinic, you know, and and you pray and you <laughs> sing praise songs and you call these ladies to receive information or or come get an ultrasound. There will be those that say you're doing too much. You're stepping into a place that you don't belong. By the way, the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ inside of you belongs everywhere. Correct. Uh, and in fact, they have a relationship with the Holy Spirit even if they're not because he's here. Right. Uh, and there will be those that say you're doing too little. You, you. So let me just say this. If you are walking in the Spirit, there are times when you will be surrounded. But it matters little what men and women around you say. It matters far more what our Heavenly Father says. I, I tell you this, Justin, I serve the audience of one. Yep. When I played sports, you know, uh, I loved it. <clears throat> I, w- I went to this uh, basketball game. I didn't play basketball. I, I was put in the game to make fouls. Uh, mm-hmm. I never left a basketball game with fewer <laughs> than five fouls. Um, I, was, I was a big guy. Rim, stand pr- on the rim protector. Get, try to get the ball. That's, yeah. Uh, but there was one basketball game in particular where this kid from the other team, young kid, and his mom was so excited when he came off the bench to get put in the game. And she kept screaming, that's my baby. That's my baby. That's my baby. She was so proud. The gym began to celebrate this young man because his mother was just just infatuated with the idea that, and him, that he's in the game. Can mm-hmm. I tell you, your father in heaven is just as excited when he sees you serving him, when he sees his children walking with him and his son, so while the world around you, whether they're other Christians, whether they're the forces of evil and people that just hate your guts because you stand for Jesus, mm-hmm. no matter who they are, can I just say that's inconsequential compared to the one in the stands that's smiling and looking at you saying, that's my child, that's my son, that's my daughter, that's my baby. He, he loves you, he's, he's crazy about you, and he is so proud of what you are doing to serve him and who you are in him. I think that one thing we also have to look at is the fact that there's going to be a void now. I mean, you're, you're talking about a ruling from 1973 that has shaped the United States, certainly in a way we disagree with and certainly in a way that I feel is abhorrently evil. In fact, if you haven't seen it, the Babylon Bee put out a, a spoof video, Satan giving a post-row press conference. Yeah. It's hilarious, and it's, and it's great. You should go listen to it. It's really good, and go watch it. Um, but there creates a void now. There's a vacuum. It's the same as when a country goes into, invades another country and takes out the leader. Right. There's a power vacuum now. We saw this happen in the Middle East, right, with, sure. with, with Iraq and with Afghanistan, for that sure. matter. The power vacuum has to be filled by something, or the vacuum has to be filled by something. So we understand that in a lot of states across the country, abortions are now either significantly limited, mm-hmm. outrightly banned, or you're California or New York and you're a destination vacation place. So when you go into these places, Mitch— the church, the big C church as it stands, I would like to ask a question. Who in your church do you know is a is an active 
member, an active pro-life advocate. And, and by active, I don't mean just posting on social media. Right. I mean like actually doing something. Sure. And not everyone has to actually do something, right? I believe that we're all gifted in different ways. Some of us are some of us are prayer warriors, some of us are active, some of us are organizers. There's a lot of different yeah. methods. So what is your church, what is your Sunday school class, what is your life group doing to advocate for one, unborn children, but number two, for the women who are still going to seek these services because it's still going to be attempted. And that's a place where I believe the church, when we're talking about marrying truth and grace yeah. with also this winsomeness. All right, now we understand the truth of what this is. The truth the truth is that all life is precious. God creates life. Yeah. Life is valuable to him. And and in fact, he loves children. I think that's, that's displayed throughout scripture. So we have that. We have the truth of that. But then we have to be able to, on the other side, understand this is still going to be happening. Do we approach this with the justice and the wrath of God, which is which is adequate? It's going to happen, and it needs to happen. God can perform that. Or how do we approach these women from a church viewpoint, from a Christian mindset, to win to to try to win them right with grace and truth, but also with this idea of loving. Loving truth, loving grace. Right. So just really quickly to go speak to your point about destinations and, and states that are progressively uh, pushing abortion legislation and, and practical means by which they can perform more abortions. I heard on the radio today, maybe you've heard about this as well, that the state of Maryland has now allowed as well as, I believe it's 19 other states, or they're the 19th state to do this. Mm -hmm. They have now, now allowed two different types of nurses and physicians assistants to perform abortions. So they're broadening the scope of professional, medical professionals that can perform abortions. And so yes, there will be states that prolific proliferate abortion and the means to terminate a child, yes. to, to kill a child in the womb. Mm -hmm. Places like South Carolina are going to continually push to ensure that abortion is eliminated in our state, that 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 killing an infant, a child, a baby, a preborn child in the womb is eliminated. So what can the church do about this? And, and I think this is something that we really have to land on and sit on for a minute. There are a lot of different responses. And, and I'll say this, for the social media warrior out there who wants to go and, and die on every hill, you know, there are times when it's best not to engage in an argument. There are times when it's best just to, you know, to, okay, if that's your opinion, because if I, I've, I told this to, to students for years, you know, we would go through apologetics courses and we'd go through soul winning classes or, or how to to share your faith and things like that. And, and people would just get into this argumentative stage where, you know, it's, they would, you, you need to do this and you need, slow down. If we win the argument and lose the person, I think ultimately we have failed in our calling, in our obligation to the, the gospel in the great commission and the great command for that matter, the great <clears throat> command to love God and love every, everyone with everything that you have. Yep your neighbor as yourself, and at the same time, the Great Commission to go on the all world and make disciples. So if, if we win the argument, if we bludgeon people to death with facts, and we don't do it in a winsome way, then right. we've most likely lost the person, and we're certainly not planting a seed that someone else could come along and water sure. later on. We're, we're probably throwing, um, you know, I, I, my mind goes to those cartoons, and we're throwing those jacks into the middle of the road so yeah. tires can pop. Right, yep. So there's that. 
And, and, and I'm not casting aspersions on anyone. I'm just simply saying, hey, it's best for us to remain winsome in all of our conversations. And yes, there is a place for uh, righteous indignation and sure. anger. You just should be as, appalled at what's I, happening. Yeah. But you know what? Anger should not take control of you. It should right. not consume you. It should motivate you, but not move you in a way that you, uh, my goodness, um, destroy relationships. Yeah. Um, so what does it look like practically? I, we talked about crisis pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. If your church is not involved in a crisis pregnancy center and what they're doing, and I think their jobs are going to continually be to rescue women from abortion clinics and provide free ultrasounds and 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 get them the parenting tools necessary, whether that's, uh, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Carolina Pregnancy Center in Spartanburg, uh, in Spartanburg oh, yesterday. Newman. Yeah. Uh, they posted this on Instagram. Friends, we are so thankful for all that you have reached out lately, for all of you who have reached out lately to ha- see how you can help us. To prepare for our next drive through we are in need of the items below. Any you could give would be a huge help. If you're they need in the Gerber, Spartanburg, yeah. Spartanburg area, listen up. They need Gerber Good Start Soothe. They need... Uh, Nutrimogen. Uh it's it's a form it's, it's, a, hyper, it's, yeah, a, yeah, it's a hypoallergenic it's, formula. Yep. Uh Similac Pro Advance. They can use the generic brand. They need size six diapers. They need size four T to five T pull ups. Boys are what's most needed. You yep. you go Go to, to Walmart your, right now. Buy yeah. a box of diapers, buy a box of pull-ups. Good luck on getting the formula, but try. Try. Uh, you know, get the ones. They need Paw Patrol pull-ups, okay? Yes, they do. So, Paul, and, specifically Paw Patrol. Yeah. Need to have so Mighty Pup Chase. They need the, they need the boys pull-ups. Uh, I'm being serious. We're no, being yeah, a little goofy about this, but no, we're being serious. serious. Go be the hands and feet of Jesus. Go buy some pull-ups. Go buy some formula. If you can get the formula. Yeah, if you can get uh, the formula, buy it. President Biden's probably got it in a back. They've got it in the yeah. locker back there. Here's, Sorry. Uh, yeah. Here's uh, Matt Chandler, a pastor that I okay. that I deeply admire. Yeah, um, out in and Texas. Out in Texas. As we rightly, I love this, as we rightly celebrate Roe being overturned, the time is now for the church to double down on its care for women. Yep. Simplest way to help is to find a woman's advocacy center and volunteer and financially support. But let's not stop there. Open your tables, empty your bedrooms and your wallets <laughs> to come alongside women who will need a community of help raising their children. Again, this is an we are not done here. No, this is by no means. Just begun. You're just begun. And, it, and again, as Allie Beth begun. Stuckey said Sorry. two days ago, as she said two days ago on a podcast, if you think we're stopping now, yeah. you're you wrong. Ain't seen nothing you ain't yet. seen nothing yet, right? We're on a, and, and, and to quote one of my favorite movies, uh, we're on a mission from God uh, to, go. to, to, to protect life and to support life. And uh, Matt makes a very, a great point here. That this is an all-encompassing effort now, Mitch, and, and you were talking about practical yeah. ways to do this. And again, we're not saying you have to empty one of your bedrooms and, and for a woman, but saying, it's, if you can do it, do it. Your church has to commandeer the effort. We're not sure. saying that you even have to like that. You, you need don't to need to be use, on the board of daybreak. Right? Just, here's here's what you do. Yeah. You if you don't know where the crisis pregnancy center is in your area, if you don't know where the post-abortive care for women Bible study is in Ask your this. area. Email me. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you right now. Email me, Mitch at palmettofamily.org. That's right. Okay, good. Yep. M-I-T-C-H at palmettofamily.org, yep. and I will give you a list of resources in your area. I'll connect you with someone personally. We have relationships with these crisis pregnancy centers across the state. We have relationships with Love Life in Charlotte. We have a relationship with a Moment of Hope here in Columbia. We have these relationships built so that we can provide a bridge for you and your church to get involved because that's what it's going to take to live in an uh, 
after row world hashtag after row. So mm-hmm. you need to get involved with your crisis pregnancy center. And I'm not saying that you neglect your children to in order to take care of others, but I, let's just be honest. I think we all have a little bit of excess, and I know that the economy's tight, and we can give. We've been blessed, so bless others as God has blessed you. One of the great, and that means through the gospel, providing the truth in love, providing the resources necessary, whether it's food or formula, or how about this, maternity clothing for those Mm -hmm. mothers that choose life? How about this, Uh, psychological, mental health care for those women who have had an abortion? giving them the gospel, telling them that God still loves them, that God still has a plan for their life, that, yes. that even though they've made a decision to, to end a life, it isn't the end of their story. And I think that is something that so many women grapple with when it comes to the juxtaposition of the choice that they've made in the gospel of Jesus is that some out there, and this just... I, I'll just be honest with you, it infuriates me. There are some that would teach that this is the end of the road for you. You can't go any further. You've made an irreparable, there's irreparable harm done to your life. No, it is a a part of your story. It is a part of the narrative that God is writing in you. But listen to me, if you're listening right now and you have had an abortion, there is hope, there is help, and the church, the church, will wrap its arms around you. And once again, if you, and, and no shame, and you can stay as anonymous as you want, Email me, Mitch at palmettofamily.org, and I'll plug you into a church in your area that will love on you and care for you. So if you're a woman and you say, hey, I'd like to get involved in some sort of post-abortive care, there are places you can do that. If uh, We've talked about our crisis pregnancy centers. Uh, let me jump for just a second into um, the foster care and adoption system. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have made these statements, these allegations. And by the way, we just live in this meme-based world. And I think it's so silly. We only communicate through memes. And now, I'm one of those that likes a good funny meme. I I appreciate a good tongue-in-cheek meme, and we share them amongst Mm -hmm. our team, and we kind of laugh at them. But there's some that are so audacious in their claims that there is no such thing as a place where where, um, you know, we the, the church, Christians, aren't taking care of the widows and the orphans. Right. That's awful. That's nonsense. Yep. That's nonsense. L- listen, if you want to be a part of helping foster families, I, I can plug you into Christian ministries, uh, you, ministries across the state right now that are focusing on foster children, foster families. If you want to be a foster family, we can plug you into that. The The governor asked us last year to lead the task force on adoption and yep. foster care and to, to wade into that, see what it looks like, and make suggestions and help to bring people around the table to coalesce the people around the state. And, and over the last year and a half, it has been putting the people at the table. And it's been, it's been a very fascinating process. I've learned so much. One of the biggest things that I've learned is there is an abundance of need and sometimes there's a shortage of help. There are children across our state, free and clear, legally free to be adopted with no adoptive resources, primarily between the ages of 10 and 17, 18 years old now. They need help. You say, we can't adopt a child. We can't do that. That's okay. Some of you out there can. But for those of you that can't, 
I can help that adoptive family. I can, you know, we can make them a meal. We can, you know, for that child that's bounced around from three different families now in foster care, I can make a backpack for them. I can give them a stuffy. And you say, these are little things that every little thing helps. It makes a big deal and a big difference in the life of that child. And so for those out there that say, and and by the way, here's another one, Uh, Daniel's Law is huge. When women who choose life courageously surrender that child and say, listen, we want to make sure that this child has the home that it needs. I can't do it because there's been a narrative mm-hmm. for the, the woman that realizes she can't take care of this child. There are resources. There are people that will take care of yeah. that child, that will adopt that child. Daniel's Law is a perfect way to do that. We've had several children. Uh, our friends over at DSS, Colleen Ann Ragley, has let us know that there have been several uh, children that have been courageously surrendered yep. uh, as a result of a woman understanding, hey, maybe I can't do it, but somebody but can. somebody can. Christian, <clears throat> fellow believer in Christ, There are so many ways you can be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can be the light and love to a dark and unsavory world. And listen, you can plug in. We're giving you some of those resources right now. Absolutely. And I think we'll close this one, our our final part of our After Rose series with this. it just it just screams off the page, right? Matthew nine thirty six. Yeah. But when he Jesus saw the multitudes, I love this next part. He was moved with compassion for them, not agitated, not irritated. They never left him alone, but he was moved with compassion for them. Why? Because they were weary and scattered, yeah. like sheep having no shepherd. Mm. But then, then he said to his disciples, "The harvest truly is plentiful." But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. View this effort the way it should have been viewed from the beginning, the way it has been viewed from the beginning by a lot of people. This isn't this isn't just about making sure babies are living. I, I and I'm saying that That's a huge part of it. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. That's a huge part of it. But this isn't just about making sure babies aren't killed. That's that's a major part. This is about winning souls yeah winning souls the harvest is there it is plentiful how is it plentiful because there are millions upon millions of people who are not in christ who have not surrendered their life to the lordship of christ the opportunity is there the harvest is plentiful christ says but the workers are few yeah there, and that's been the case now since the time of Christ and, in his earthly ministry. And I say this in nearly every one of the talks that I give about Palmetto Family at the end. We talk about that reflector on the guardrail. And, you know, here's the here's the honest truth. And, and for some out there, they may balk at this. You can't do it. No. I, I just, you can't do it. But you are the vessel that carries Jesus and the Holy Spirit to a lost and broken world world the world needs jesus it doesn't need me justin no uh trust me it, it would it would it would, it would actually do would more agree with that it would actually do more harm if they right. had me yeah it doesn't <laughs> i mean it doesn't need yeah. us and ultimately it doesn't need you it needs jesus in you and if you are to be the reflector if we are to be the reflector on the guardrail and i make that thing dance there's usually some lights and i i kind of make it disco dance. ball the yeah whole thing. it's it's awesome you should come um i make it dance to show that it only reflects the light that shined on it. Yep. 
let your Christian let you know there has there have, I, we've had people reach out to us and say, listen, I want to do something. I don't know what. I feel like I'm failing. Slow down. Yep. Take a moment. Rest. And at the very same time, understand this. Jesus inside of you has already done it. All you have to do is give him away. All you have to do is be his hands and his feet. I said, it sounds so simple. It, it, it's difficult. It's hard. It, it, it's frustrating. It's tiresome. Scary. It's scary, but it's worth it. Yep. It's worth it yeah. to see people come to know a Savior that loves them. It is. It's about saving lives. It's about saving babies' lives. But it's about saving lives of people who are in desperate need of a Savior. And we broadcast that <clears throat> to the world around us. And, and I'll, you know, we've seen it with the overturning of Roe. Yeah. No, quoting the angel, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Yep. So if you feel like it's too hard, don't worry. I'm there with you quite often. <laughs> I promise you. Nothing. It's too hard for you. Yeah, it's too hard for me. But but we serve a great and glorious God who is all powerful and all knowing and ever present and ever loving, um, and 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 His passion for people and His love, His zeal for people, can shine through you. That wraps up our after row series. Wow, June twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. Roe v. Wade overturned. The states I, now have. Have control. we said this yet? I, I want to do the March for Life in Washington in June now. Can we do? Oh, it's a little warm. January's really how cold about, though. How about we were there in January? How about September? Uh, Maybe October? Maybe March? June twenty fourth. We'll see you in Washington. Yeah. March for Life. We'll see you June twenty fourth. Yeah, please don't do it in January. Please don't do it in January again. Whole oh, seventeen Saint, degrees. Saint Cyr was like. Icicles yeah. up there trying to sing. Anyway, awesome. thank you so much for being a part of our After Row series. Uh, really quickly, before we get out of here, I want to mention that we have some awesome new things coming for the podcast. Yeah. That we are we are grateful for your support, for sharing this, for listening to it. You're coming up, you know, you're talking to us around town about it, and, <laughs> and I'm hearing crazy. people spout the lines we're saying, and that scares me because we're actually being influential. Um, so just make sure that that you continue to share this and hopefully you'll enjoy the new and exciting things we're doing with the podcast as we move into the month of July. We will not have a podcast on Friday. We will not have a podcast on Monday. Why? Happy July 4th. Happy July 4th. Enjoy your Day. freedom. Fly your American flag and make sure you understand that we are free first in Christ, right? Secondly, we live in the greatest nation the earth has seen when it comes to freedom and liberty and don't let anyone take that away from you don't let i encourage you this weekend it's july 4th weekend amidst the amidst the cookouts amidst the lake days and the swimming and the hot dogs and the burgers and the fireworks i encourage you watch some films right yeah watch watch some movies i will be watching the patriot Enjoy your 4th of July weekend and celebrate the independence and freedom that you that you enjoy so richly here. Thanks for listening to the fastest growing conservative podcast in South Carolina. It's the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. He's Justin. I'm Mitch. God Happy bless 4th. you all.